Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. We're going to name it Working on the Sabbath, Working on the Sabbath Day. I want to start out this evening by going into the 20th, the 20th chapter of Exodus, where the Lord God, in what we call the Ten Commandments, brought forth the command for the Sabbath. Now, as we have studied Shabbat, Sabbath, one and the same, hopefully you have begun to understand that this is one thing and may be one of the most important things that God has for His people to be able to say that they're His. That when you keep Sabbath, you are saying, I belong to you, Lord God, Yahweh. And that's important for us to understand that because it's a key. If you were here with us when I did the thing uh, on the Antichrist, uh, you begin to hear the, the emphasis, again, that was put upon on Shabbat, upon Sabbath, and how it is that those, those two things parallel themselves quite closely to the, to the sign in which uh, Antichrist will have and the sign in which God is. And again, him trying to counterfeit the things of God. And as I told you when we did that, I guess that was Saturday, last Sabbath, and the, the, thing, the interesting thing about all that is is that it's all in the book and it's all there. And it's, it's not difficult now that we can understand the things about, about God, things about Torah, to begin to be able to discern and understand truths. Exodus 20, the sixth verse. And I, I start in the sixth verse so, because it says, "...and showing mercy unto a thousand of them that love me and keep my commandments." He shows mercy. Do you know what that means? When you make mistakes, there's mercy at hand. When you make mistakes, there's mercies at hand. So he says, if you keep my commandments, he said, he said, of showing mercy unto thousands that love me and keep my commandments. And then he goes on to say, thou shalt take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. I'm sorry. Remember the Sabbath, the eighth verse. Jump down to the eighth verse. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, there's where we've talked about this a number of times. We must understand he's saying, remember. Remember, don't forget the Sabbath day. He said, do not forget the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Do you know what holy is? Do you know if the Lord God Himself was to walk into this synagogue tonight, that there would be none of us be able to stand before Him because of His holiness? There's no sin within Him. There is no sin within Him. Now, He is saying... Remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. As who? As He is holy. To keep it holy. Now, He gives some directions. He says, Six days thou shalt labor. He says, In six days you can do anything you want to do and, and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, nor thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy maid, manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, or in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he hallowed it. And that word hallowed just simply means holy. He made it holy. So he made, he, six days aren't holy. The, uh, uh, the, the six days are not holy. But the seventh day is holy. It is a day that is like he is himself, holy. And he made it, and he said on that day, 
He said, you will not do any work. Go to Exodus 31. Exodus 31, the 12th verse. Again, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath you will keep, or you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore. It doesn't, that's not an elective. For it is holy unto you. Notice how he goes back and he keeps going back to this holy thing. He said, it is holy to you. It's something not to be filthied up, if you will. Something not to be made unclean. Something not to be, not to be trashed. It is holy unto you. That day is holy unto you. That day is holy unto you. And he goes on to say, he says, Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. That's how holy it was. And as we said, thank God that we don't live in that day. Even though I want to tell you that the sins of this world will be judged in righteousness by Yeshua himself. And part of that sin, and maybe one of the biggest of all those sins, is going to be the defilement of Shabbat, Sabbath. He says, defiled it should surely be put to death, for whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among these people. Six days, six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. And you need to underline that. Holy to the Lord. Underline that. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. He goes back and says that again, like maybe they didn't hear very well the first time. He wanted them to understand how important it was to keep the Sabbath. Again, as we, as we went through the thing with the Antichrist, the changing of times, the changing of the calendar of God, as it is interpreted, we found out that, bless God, that, that, that everything that has been changed, the Christians have what? Christmas, Easter, and most of them participate in Halloween for their holidays or their festival times. We have the festivals laid out by, by God to us to keep. The, the Christian community, for the most part, keeps Sunday and calls it, or they call Sunday Shabbat. They don't keep it, most of them, but they call it that. And come to find out, we found out that it's not on Sunday at all, is it? It's on Saturday, the seventh day. So he says that it will be that way. He goes on to say in the 16th verse, Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant, which this means, as we said before, it shall go on and on and on throughout time. We know that when Jesus, Yeshua, comes back, he will also initiate the Sabbath. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. And that's a long time, isn't it? So, in other words, God didn't, if God didn't change it, if there had been a chapter in here somewhere that says, God, God said, I changed my mind. I want Shabbat, I want Sabbath now to be on the first day of the week instead of the last day of the week. I changed my mind. I'm going to rewrite the book. No, His Word is forever settled in heaven. He's not writing any new books. We have the Scriptures. They are settled. Every T has been crossed. Every I has been dotted. Everything's in its right place, waiting on somebody or some bodies to decide that it's truth. He says... And seven days rested, and, and, and sign between you and Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. 
That sums up, and there's, of course, many, many more Scriptures that go with that, but it sums up in a nutshell, if you will, exactly what God thinks about Sabbath. It isn't something to, to toy with. It's not something to do. I think, that, I think the neat thing that God's let us do here, and I, I, please don't mis, misconstrue what I'm about to say, that God lets people do wrong to get them to do right, but God has let us ease ourselves into such things as this Sabbath. We, we started out by trying to get you to realize that there really was a Sabbath. Do you remember that? Sure you do. And that that Sabbath really wasn't on Sunday. And some of us said, oh, my, really? And, that, and then we began to look in the Scriptures, and the Scriptures undeniably taught us that it was never on Sunday. Then we found out that that, that, was, that was something that was done in Rome, and, and the, the Catholic Church decided to make Sunday Sabbath. We've learned a lot over the last two, two and a half years, maybe going on three. In Numbers, in the 15th chapter, I want to go into now, and let's try to, try to go just a little bit deeper into Shabbat. We read this a couple weeks back, and I want to, 1532, and I want to go back because it's very interesting, of a sincereness about Sabbath, and the, the proclamation was that if anybody breaks Sabbath, then they're... They work on that day, that break it in any way, they're put to death. And, and here we have a situation that arose. And in the 32nd verse of that 15th chapter of Numbers, it says, And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and said unto, and unto all the congregation, and they put him in ward, or they put him in a prison type of thing, because it was not declared what should be done to him. In other words, there wasn't a statute written for that. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, or said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, that's very gruesome, a very gruesome, gruesome thing. I think, Kenny, you said you drove by down in Malawi when somebody was being stoned in a village, and I've had the opportunity to have, to be, to have uh, gone by and saw such a thing, and it's not a pretty sight. The fact of it is, this is again how serious God was about it, but what I want to do now, let's back up. And the reason I want to back up is because I want to bring you the teachings of Yeshua into this. I want you to begin to understand what was going on here. Now, it doesn't say, and, the, and this is where, before we go into the teachings of Yeshua about this, it does not say here that this man was picking up sticks to put on a fire that had been kindled before Shabbat had started to keep the fire burning, to keep warm, nor does it say that he bought but the sticks that brought up the sticks. Bless God to have them there when he would need them to put on the fire to be warm or to go ahead and warm up whatever it was that he had cooked the day before. It doesn't say that. He could have been picking up sticks to have sold them. Now, I hope by now each of you understand that's in this room that if you're going to buy or sell on Shabbat, you might as well not worry about keeping Shabbat at all. You don't buy or you don't sell. You make sure you have gasoline in your cars. You make sure if you want to eat that you don't stop at McDonald's or wherever it is. You take your, bring yourself a sack lunch. And you eat it when you go home or down the road or here in the basement of the synagogue or whatever you need to do, but, but you don't buy or sell on that day. 
It's a no-no. If you don't understand that, go back and please go back. And you should be going back anyway and studying the tapes that we've previously done so that you can stay up on these things because you're never going to learn this thing one time through. That's, that's part of what my job is to keep bringing you to remembrance of these things, and that's really what we're doing tonight. But I'll, I want you to understand because some people think, well, picking up sticks, boy, you, 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 know, you, can't, you can't pick up sticks. Well, now, the, 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 a yes to that and a no to that. You say, wait a minute, that, that's, that's, that's a little different. Well, hang on. Let's go to Matthew 5. Let's go to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Matthew, the fifth chapter, in the 17th verse. First off, we need to understand what our Lord, our Savior, Yeshua, says. He says in that 17th verse of the fifth chapter of Matthew, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come not to destroy, but to fulfill. So he set the precedent of all of it right there on the spot. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now, I don't know where Christianity has been, and when I say Christianity, I'm going to say me first. I don't know where I was at when I read that and preached from that, taught from that for years. But the fact of it is, you can understand that the law is not going to be done away with. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments, whose commandments? The Father's commandments. And shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, and this is important to get a hold of, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now that is some big time talk by a big time God. He's saying here, your righteousness is going to have to supersede those nodheads in the temple, the scribes, the Pharisees, those taught men of the law. He said, and, and, and by him making that statement, we begin to see something that, that, that Yeshua was trying desperately to bring forth to the people at that time. Something had gone awry with the teachers of the law. Something, something had slipped. Something had happened. Because there was something that, that, that was not suiting the Son of Almighty God Himself, Yeshua. And yet at the same time, we often, we, we pass that down and say, well, that's great, you know, we understand that. And, and you know how they were, they didn't have Jesus, and that's the reason He was saying that about them. That's pretty well the way Christianity passed that verse off. But the fact of the matter was, that wasn't at all what they were passing off. In the 12th chapter of Matthew, in the 12th chapter of Matthew, now in the first verse, at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were unhungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. Now, we're going to stop right there. According to the law, according to the law, had Yeshua broke the Sabbath, had he defiled the Sabbath. Well, the Sadducees and the Pharisees thought so. But he went through the corn and began to pluck it, the ears, and, and, and to eat. 
But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. So they came right at him. And they said, That's not lawful. You can't do that. You've defiled. You're now unclean. Now listen to me. In all essence, they should have been put to death. In all essence, at that point, when, the, when, the, when, this, when these Pharisees saw that, they should have taken them before the people, and they should have been stoned and put to death. Listen. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was a hungered, and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the shewbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Boy, he went right at him, didn't he? He said, I got news for you, hot dog. He said, you guys stand up there and you sound good, your bells tinkle on the bottom of them gowns, and you got the right look and you got the right act and you say the right prayers, you do all this. But he said, you, you guys are out in left field. You guys, you guys are a mess. You're up there preaching and teaching the law and you're not keeping it yourself and everybody knows you're not. And here you're coming out here and telling me because we're hungry, me and my disciples walk out in this cornfield on the Sabbath, we take out some ears of corn out and we eat it. You're trying to tell us that it's unlawful for us to do it when David himself ate the shoe bread when they were hungry. You know what the story of it is? If you're going to preach and teach it, you better live it. That's what the story is. And when it came down to it, he went on and he began to say, he says, but I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. And of course, that upset him gravely. And if ye had known what this man meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath day. Now, does that mean that he can just break the Sabbath and do whatever he wants to do? No. You will not find anywhere. Let me tell you again. Jesus, Yeshua, is the only man that's ever walked the face of this earth that never broke one of all of the commandments. All of the entire law. He never broke one of them. So he didn't break it here. He couldn't have broke it here. Again, Christianity goes back and says, well, because he's here, he's the Sabbath, and, and, and now we don't keep it anymore. Well, that's true. Why did, if he's gone, then what does that mean? It gets, a, it gets a little confusing in all that, doesn't it? So, we have ourselves a, a situation where now he's saying, the Son of Man, he, he's saying, God come to earth. He said, he said, I happen to be the Lord of the Sabbath. And he said, because I am, he said, I know the law. The gripe, if you will, that Yeshua had with, 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 the, with the priests, the scribes and the Pharisees, was that they weren't even keeping the law themselves to start out with. Because he kept saying to them, woe be unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Over and over he did that. And what he was trying to do was to get them to understand the law was never going to get straightened up until they first decided to do it themselves. Because they, at that point in time, evidently they weren't doing it. Now listen as it goes on. 
And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. Where did, where did Yeshua preach at? Synagogues. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that, he might be acu- that they might accuse him? In other words, they're trying to put him to death. He said, Is it lawful for a man to be healed on the Sabbath day? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? And you need to underline that. Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. To do well. If you stop and you really think about it, and if you take too much time thinking about it, you'll probably mess it up. But if you take just a moment to think, then you realize, number one, this seventh day is holy. It's holy unto the Lord God. It's holy unto us. Anybody, anybody that breaks it, you have absolutely spit in the face of God. You spit in His face. You've taken your fist and put your fist in His face and said, we'll show you, we'll do it our ways. Now, out of ignorance, most of the people on the face of this earth are breaking Sabbath and don't even know that it's that serious. So serious that people were put to death if they broke it? That's pretty serious business. But somewhere intermingled in all this came the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, which, by the way, I think that we have, we have firmly been able to, to root into your hearts and your minds the very fact that, that, that uh, uh, Jesus was not against the, the law. He kept it, all of it. Paul wasn't against the law. Peter wasn't against the law. John and James wasn't against the law. What came against the law was people that was too lazy to want to keep the law know what you really need to know the truth is. Powers of darkness came into the midst of a great move of God. You hear what I'm telling you? These men that came forth out from under the ministry of Yeshua when He left this earth, they were raising the dead. They were doing all matter of miracles. And yet the church has proclaimed that, oh, it's all still here today. And it is in places and shadows and forms, but not overall as it was in that day. And the reason is they kept the law. They kept Sabbath. They did all these things. And we quit doing it. Guess what happened? power of God began to leave the very places in which people gathered. Most of the anointing today is a manufactured something that happens in the minds of most people. It is sensual. It's not spiritual. It's sensual. You feel good. Boy, I've got to go to service, brother. we really get it on. And what does that do for you the next day by noon? Nothing doesn't do anything for you. If it would, I'm going to tell you something. If those kind of services would have worked, all that would have been needed on this face of this earth would have been the evangelist. Because that's his job to stir the body, to get you excited, 
So we've got ourselves in a position where we've got this man, Yeshua, the Son of Almighty God Himself, Yahweh, and He's come on the scene, and, and now, he's, <clears throat> now He's meddling into the things. That, you know, there wasn't a lot of problems. They spoke against Yeshua. But there wasn't a lot of problems until Yeshua came against the church. When I say church, of course, I mean the temple, the priests, the Pharisees, the scribes. And when he began to come against them and began to say the things that he said, uh, as we read uh, one particular passage, and there's many others, then they began amongst themselves to decide that they were going to have to do something because this man's popularity was getting out of hand. And they were going to have to do something. They had to catch him in something. Now, isn't it just ironic, as it would be to the world standard, that it would take the most holy thing of God that they would try to try to drown him in or stone him over. And they couldn't do it. They didn't do it. <laughs> they couldn't have. They wanted to. But the fact of it is, it all happened. So where does Sabbath get off? Where does Sabbath get off for us today? Where do, what, what, what do we do? I mean, is it, is it all right for us to, you know, to get up in the mornings and we've told you, you know, that you should never cook on Sabbath. You should never cook, girls. I know it's a little extra for you to do, but you... Throw some lunch meat in the refrigerator, or or, or cook something, and, and that you go. Now, now it is legal to warm things up that have already been cooked. It's the preparation. The key of all this is the word preparation. The cutting up of the onions, the cutting up of the carrots, the cutting up of the potatoes. The preparation. That's what that's what defiles the law. That's considered work. Now, is it is it is it work? Now, see. Where the, the, the long end of this thing, and you need to understand the long end of this, is, is what Jesus was really trying to get after here. Yeshua was trying to get them to come to a place of understanding that you've got to be very, very careful not to get into legalisms. Now, there's the law. Okay, there's the law given to Moses by God, Sinai. Now, that law will guide us. Then you have people that decided... The sages and the, and, and the priests and then the rabbis and the Talmud have now decided exactly what the law really means. Now, in the beginning of all this, and it was quite early on, as a matter of fact, after Joshua's days, that they decided to begin to, in man's own carnal mind, to decide that you could only take so many steps outside of your house. Now, you won't find that in the law. But what you will find that in is the writings of the Talmud, which, again, is to explain to us dumb people that we don't understand the law, so they'll tell us what it means. And so, so many steps. And you've heard me say that, bless God, that was the reason that they often, the enemies of Israel, attacked Israel on the Sabbath because they'd only run so many stops and steps and they'd stop and they, they, couldn't, they wouldn't take another step. They'd just die right there on the spot. This is what Jesus was coming after. This is what he was going at. He was saying, look, the, the, you know, you guys, you guys really got a problem. Your problem is just that. You've decided to take the law and you've decided to mandate it and make it, make it be what you want it to be, and yet you don't keep the real law, so you make up all these other things to make them work, and then you're, you're asking me what I'm doing out in this cornfield? When I can tell you for a fact that Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. 
And that was one of the keys, and that was one of the keys that we kept trying to push toward you all the time, was to get you to realize and understand that Sabbath is, is not a burden. Sabbath is, is glorious. If you, if you and your family keep Sabbath meal on, on Friday evening at sundown, you know what a wonderful thing that is to be able to go through the things that they've gone through for hundreds upon hundreds of years. And the closing of Sabbath, the passing of the spice box, and the putting out of the double wick, triple wick candles into the, into the wine. You know how special that is for your children to know that on Friday night that you line them up and you lay hands on them and you bless them just as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob blessed their children. You do this with the power and the authority of the name of Yeshua, the Son of Almighty Yahweh Himself. And yet at the same time, we begin, to, we begin to miss so many of these marks because we begin to, we begin to get ourselves kind of off the road and out of the way, and we start doing as they did. Now listen to me. When you start trying to devise for yourself what to do and not to do on Sabbath, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. The picking of the sticks got the man killed. Right? Got him killed. The picking up of sticks. It doesn't say for what reason he was doing that. I don't know. Yeshua explained this very, very well, and, and the way that I think that, that we have brought it to you, I think is self-explanatory in itself, is to get you to understand that if, in fact, it needs to be done, do it. If it's got to be done, do it. If your car is broken down and Saturday's the only day that you can get parts to fix that car and get it fixed so you can go back to work on Sunday, then you better take care of business and do that. That is not defilement of Sabbath. He said, would no, no one that seen their, their, you know, their, their animal uh, sinking in the mud that's going to drown wouldn't pull them out on Sabbath? He said, it, it, it's, it, it's good for man to do good on the Sabbath. To do good. Now listen, doing good, and, and here's one real way to look at this if you'll grab onto this and get it in your hearts and your noggins. If it's for somebody else, it's doing good. If it's for you, it's selfish and probably breaking the Sabbath. Probably, if it's that way, then, then that's what's going, that's, what, that's what's coming down, that's what's happening. And if we begin to, to, to also realize, and, and I think this is the point, and you're going to be probably hearing me over the next number of months, probably equating to this often and more often and more often, is that we are going to have to realize that the kingdom of God lies where? Within our hearts. What I may do about something may not be what you're going to do about something. It isn't for me to judge what you do, and it's not for you to judge what I do nor anyone else. The key is to seek out the face of God and to get everything straight in your own heart. If God is telling you that it's all right to do such and such, or you think He is, go on and do it. The old story of it is, there's no skin off my nose. But you want to be very, very certain that you understand how holy this day is to God. It's holy enough that in the beginning of all this and the readings in which I have done equates to the fact that they didn't even they that, that they didn't do anything. They just kind of sit around and looked at each other and live in that place. 
So the mixing of the two got Sabbath in trouble for the Jew. Still could be today, even though when I was in Jerusalem, uh, <clears throat> what I saw was defi- definitely Sabbath keepers. There was nobody to follow on Sabbath. In fact, I don't imagine the section of town I was in, you'd dare to follow the Sabbath. The Sabbath. There's a couple, three Christian women trying to catch a bus. Down this little balcony we had, I looked over there and I said to Stephen, I said, well, I said, now there's three probably American women there standing, been standing at that bus stop for 20 minutes. Now that street is so, that, 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 Jaffa, same name that goes right to the Jaffa Gate, the old city. And Jaffa Street has got so much traffic on it that you have to wait to cross the street at the light. You can't just jaywalk and just run across with no traffic. And, 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 and the sidewalks are full of people, and, and, and Shabbat was there, and there was nobody on the street, and there was no buses running, no taxis running, no cars weren't running, and there's three ladies standing over there at the bus stop for 20 minutes. Stephen said, you think I ought to go tell them? I said, nope. Nope. They're tourists. They're here. They're here. They're here to see how Jews act. They're seeing how Jews act. I said, all they got to do is wait around for about another. I think. I think that was on about four o'clock on 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 Saturday afternoon. I said, all they got to do is wait about another two and a half, three hours. The bus will be there. So I went back in. I sat. And I studied the word for a while. Come back out. Looked over there. They were. Stephen said, "You think they'd figure this thing out by now?" I said, well, the fact of it is they probably don't have no way to get anywhere. You know, a lot of people go places like we did. We didn't rent a car. We just we got, got a transit to get to where we was at, and then we just we hoofed it the rest of the time. Sabbath is important. Turn with me in Isaiah 58. I'm going to read it first out of King James and then out of this Tanakh that I have. Isaiah 58. <clears throat> The King James Version of this, in the 13th and 14th verses, say this, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shall thou thou delight thyself in the Lord. Now listen to this and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Right there may be one of the biggest keys that I could give you to God's kingdom. Some of you have been with me a long time. You, you know through the years I've said, now here's another one of those keys that the Lord God gave to, to, to Simon Peter. Here's one of the, Peter's, the keys that Peter had. This is a key to understand. He said, if you will do this, if you'll keep the Sabbath holy as I made it, he said, and I'll set you upon high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. I mean, that's a, that, isn't, that, isn't that a blessing? You better believe that's a blessing. Listen to this out of the Tanakh. This is a direct uh, Hebrew translation, and it's much clearer. If I can get there from what we just read. I think I'll get there, too, as a matter of fact. I lost the paper. 
I knew I'd get there. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, that's strong, isn't it? From trampling it, trashing it, from pursuing your affairs on my holy day. Don't pursue your affairs. If you call the Sabbath delight, the Lord's day, the Lord's holy day honored, if you call it that day of being a delight and, and, and call it an honored day, and if you honor it and go not your ways, nor look to your affairs, nor strike bargains. What does strike bargains mean? Buy or sell. Then you can seek the favor of the Lord. I will set you astride the heights of this earth and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Big time stuff. Says it much plainer. So if we don't get involved with doing our own affairs, now this is again a key to this thing. Don't get involved of doing your own affairs. Now, does people forget? Well, sure we forget. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. This whole process is a learning process. Don't ever, ever think that it's not. I still make mistakes with kosher food. I still make mistakes uh, with some of the other laws. But by those mistakes, I'm learning all the time. And that's, that's the thing that you, that you must also don't condemn yourself. Repent and do it right the next time. But if you'll stay away from doing your own affairs, stay away from those things. Now, I know there's, a, there's a multitudes of questions that can be asked. Is it lawful to watch TV? Is it lawful to go outside and, and to play catch with my son or, 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 to, or to play a game with my daughter? These are things that will have to be determined in your heart. If it's lawful, then let it be lawful to you. If it's unlawful to one of the other brothers, let it be unlawful to them. But don't judge one another over it. Why? Because each of us in this room sit and walk in a different place with God. You, you, you can't, the old story it is, you can take that old Missouri mule to that drinking trough. I used to tell this a lot about faith messages. Tie a concrete block around its neck with a rope and drag its head down into that tank and that mule will absolutely drown before it'll drink if it don't want to drink. You cannot do that. Same thing can't be done with what we're doing here. We can't say, all right, now, everybody is going to comply. You just don't do that. Why? Because it's got to be in your heart. The kingdom of God is within your heart. Until it's in your heart, it won't work for you anyway. You know why? Because you're not doing it from your heart. You have to serve God from here. Deep inside of here is where we serve God. We don't serve God with our mouths because that gets us in trouble. It's with our hearts. Okay? And God is looking what? He's looking at our hearts. To know to, know to do good and to do not is sin. So if you, you know, and that's the reason, that's the reason when you get around an, an organization that will teach you the Word of God, then it becomes dangerous because what happens is you're learning and then you're being challenged. And when we can challenge you, then you have got to make decisions. What am I going to do with this? Am I going to comply myself? Am I going to do this way or am I going to do it that way or am I not going to do it all? The Sabbath is holy. It is a holy day unto us. Don't stink it up. Don't defile it. 
Understand that it's the day that the Lord God said, you can do anything you want to do on six days of your life. You work, you make money, you do whatever it is you've got to do, but that seventh day is my day. I created it holy, and I will keep it holy throughout eternity. That's quite a mouthful, isn't it? But that's how serious all of it is. It will still be holy, no matter what you think or what I think. It saddens me to think I went all these years, and in my heart all these years I knew we should keep Sabbath. I've told you the story. You know, I talk to ministers, and oh, don't get tied up into that, Brother Decker. Now, you're getting out there now. Well, boy, we went on out, didn't we? That's a very simple thing compared to what we do. The Sabbath, that is. But it's very important to God. So in closing, I think that really what you need to understand, just don't do anything that's not necessary. Just don't do anything that's not necessary. If it's necessary and it's got to be done, then go do it. If it's not necessary, just don't do it. You know, I've had people come to me and say, well, you know, I'm still having to work Saturdays, and, and, I, and I know I'm defiling the Sabbath, and I, and I don't want to have to work Sabbaths. And I said, well, you know, the same thing. You've got to go to them people and tell them, look, I'll work Sunday. I'll work the first day of the week. If they're good Christians. They'll say, well, we don't work on Sundays. You know, and then you ought to bite your tongue from keep saying why. There's no command against Sundays. There sure is against Saturday. What's the biggest shopping day in, in, in this nation? Saturday. And yet God said, thou shalt not buy nor sell. We'll go through some things. We're going to go through the most of the book of Nehemiah here before long because there's so much to glean out of that and, and Sabbath is one of the big things there. When they decided they was, going to, they was going to go back in and redo the temple and they implemented once again and went back through and read every word of the law. Pretty strong stuff. Now, we probably have, have touched some things here this evening and hopefully that not everything that you knew. Hopefully some things will make you think. And I think the biggest thing when it comes to Sabbath is to always, always ask yourself, is this lawful? Is this lawful for me to be doing? I don't think, I don't think, brothers and sisters, that any of us are going to really understand how important this all is until the day that we stand before him. And then there's going to be gnashing of teeth, and there's going to be some bawling and squalling going on, because i got news for you. This has got to be a great, great big biggie with God, or he wouldn't have made such a fuss out of it. To go to the point of saying, if you break it, you're going to be put to death, has got to send a signal to the people that live in this world that's undeniable. Now, we won't go take those implications any further than that, but the fact of it is, there's a grand possibility that, that this generation... See, this generation is upon whom the ends are written. And this generation that we live in is a generation that is going to have unfolded before it all the revelation. There won't be any mysteries left. When Yeshua comes, there will be no mysteries left. We will have, we will have unfolded through revelation knowledge everything it was. That's the reason I kept saying, don't get in a big hurry about, about all the things in the book of uh, Revelation. It will all unfold. It will all happen. It'll all be right before us, and we'll all understand it. But to be uh, foolish enough to run out here and buy a book and read it and agree with that guy, and somebody else read another book and agree with that guy, and they're, they're disagreeing with each other, that's stupidity. To understand this book, it takes 
revelation knowledge. It, ta it, takes, it takes the guidance of the Holy Ghost of the Hakodesh to understand it. Sabbath, should you work on it? Absolutely not. You must do everything that you can do to keep from working on Sabbath. You must do that. And sooner or later, if you'll keep praying and crying out to God, if you've got situations where, where you can't, if you'll keep crying out to God, He'll make a way. Listen, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will do that, but He'll never do that. Listen to me. He'll never do that until you cry out to Him with a sincere heart. And you can let the devil, and you can let the devil and a dollar bill beat you out of the very kingdom of God if you're not careful. You've got to make decisions. You know, I said last week, decision time, folks, is coming. People are going to, God's going to find out just how serious we really are about God. Is this just a game we're playing? Or are we going to get down to the, to the nitty-gritty of this thing and we're going to do it right? That's what God's finding out. God's going to find out who wants it, who doesn't want it. Because there's no lack of revelation knowledge. He's bringing it forth. He's pouring it out. Stand up, we're going to pray. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemalah, <laughs> 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 <laughs>